0: Welcome to Life and Love Nuggets, where licensed therapists Brent and Janice Sharp share how you can thrive in your life, your love, and your relationships.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome back to Life and Love Nuggets. We're so glad that you're here. We enjoy being with you. Uh, During these moments we have together, uh, this is episode, I think, 33. So we're. We're moving forward here. Um, we mentioned a couple times ago. If you uh, are being helped by any of this, if it's meaningful to you, um, certainly to um, kind of follow us on on
0: uh, whatever you're whatever, listening where, or watching us however on. You find this, however you find it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even just um, mark a review. Some you know, send some kind of review is always helpful to help other people find this. And <laughs> and if you're wanting if. Would be helpful to for you for this to keep going. You can go to lifeandlovenuggets uh, dot com slash donate. It'll kind of make it real easy, and just anything kind of helps this process uh, keep moving. Uh, so we're continuing our series today, looking at change. Uh, the thing that we've realized is that the only thing that stays the same in life is change.
0: Everything changes. Everything
1: changes. Nothing stays the same. Now, some personalities are easier with that than others. (laughs) And so I kind of fight that in my life, but I've realized that this is the way it works. And so today we're going to talk about the idea of necessary endings. Henry Cloud wrote a a book a number of years ago called Necessary Endings. The primary focus of the book is uh, for businesses to adapt in a kind of changing economic culture, but it, boy, it has lots of wisdom uh, for our lives and our relationships. And so when we started in part one, we talked about these natural changes that are gonna happen, the inevitable changes that take place, aging, kids growing up, moving to a new job, new city, all those kind of things they are just inevitable. And then we also talked about things that are just forced upon us, a loss of job, uh, a divorce, or death of a loved one, or natural disasters that just really require time, uh, these things we don't get past this quickly or easily it's, you know we've talked about grief and it's really a process that takes time. And then last week we talked a little bit about things that we recognize inside of us that we really do need to change <laughs> that we have a certain way of being in life and we're, a certain way of living that is kind of develops certain neural pathways in our brain that we just are going to keep doing it that way and we realize that some of those are not very productive for us and that we need to really work at that. And so we talked about that a little bit last time. But this idea of necessary endings, these necessary changes that we don't really want to make, but can help us grow and be healthier. Um, These are, again, necessary endings. It might be a certain relationship in our life that has just become toxic. It's not productive in our life. And yet You know, it's somebody from high school that we feel like we're supposed to kind of hang out with (laughs) because we always have, but it just is not healthy for us anymore. It might be a certain commitment or volunteering for a certain agency or whatever that has just become a duty and it really is taking away from a lot of our other priorities. And so we're going to talk about that a bit for the next little bit. Yeah.
0: We may have a hobby or a habit or an addiction that in the past helped us and we worked on how we change those types of things. Um, But we're talking about other things. They're not just things that we don't like and that aren't good for us. They're things that are really destructive or distracting in our lives. So it's something like, um, you know, I dread my job so much that it's causing me anxiety and it actually has gotten to the point where it's causing me health problems, Mm. Or maybe that high school friend that I'm meeting with out of duty or obligation really is leading me into habits I don't want to be going into or maybe doesn't like my spouse and it's causing me to have a negative slant on things. So it's not just things that are um, that we don't necessarily like or go, uh, that's not so good for me. These are things that really can be destructive no. and sometimes even toxic in our lives but we have trouble letting go with them. We do. We feel like we need to hold on to them. I've had several clients over the years that um, have been in business relationships, either working for or owning a business with their ex spouses. Oh boy. And it's not going well.
1: <laughs> really? What a shocker.
0: Yes. And they know it needs to end, <clears throat> but they op- oftentimes say, I don't know what I would do. You know, sometimes we hold on to things that don't work. Um, because we don't see other options. We get limited vision. And so we stay stuck in that. I usually work with them to talk about what are some other options and also to kind of get them to weigh out. um, Is it worth it being in this relationship? Would I rather have less money and not be in a controlling, toxic relationship? But change is hard. It's hard for us to let go of some of that. And what I've realized is that we have to really know that good things can happen if we let go of something i think it's easy for us to hold on to something if we don't see that god has good ahead if it feels like we're just doomed and so we do have to look at do i believe that god has good things ahead for me or has good things in the future
1: sometimes even the things we're letting go of can be good it doesn't mean they're all evil or toxic it We might just have too many goods.
0: Yes. (laughs) There's
1: too many things going on, you know. Yeah. Um, And it's actually taking away from the highest priorities, Mm -hmm. even though the other priorities may be fine or good. They're not Mm -hmm. horrible, but it doesn't let the highest priority thrive.
0: Yeah. But I think when we let go of something, it can be scary. Yeah. I think the unknown is scary for everybody. It's, should I stay with the bad that I have or the overcluttered life that I have? Is that better than the unknown? And I always have to remind myself that um, the unknown is not unknown to God. That's right. It's just unknown to me. Mm-hmm. And so if I can trust in him, I know that even if I go into the unknown, I'm going to be okay. Good. But it's hard. I mean, I, a lot of times I'll tell my clients it's... Um, It's kind of like, I've never been a trapeze artist. I don't know if you knew that. I know, I knew it's (laughs) shocking. But it's it's what I imagine if you're on a trapeze and you're swinging by yourself and you want to catch another bar. Mm -hmm. And so that time that you swing, you have to let go of the first bar to grasp the second one. But there's a fraction of a moment in there that you're not holding on to either one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it feels like sometimes when we're having to cut off something that was so much a part of our lives. It's like, ah, I'm in that empty space. But I always remind myself and my clients, God has a safety net. That's good. We always can pick up and go again if we mess up.
1: Yeah, so it really impacts our how we see the world, how we see God. (laughs) Uh, Because if we think there's a limited amount of good, that um, it's it's, um, not— um, bigger than our perspective <laughs> then holding on to the good that I have, I I'm gonna keep holding on to that. Even though yeah. it's not best, I'm still gonna hold on to it. <laughs> and so it's a realizing that, that God sees things beyond yes. what we see. And, and he's good. He's and un- we can trust him. And he's then. unlimited. The exactly. good is unlimited. So change is hard, even necessary changing uh changes um that will make us healthier and happier it's easier to just kind of keep doing the same old thing Uh, the problem is we end up waking uh, up oftentimes feeling trapped we've kind of lost part of ourselves and we're just kind of wondering what's happening and we realize there's a need for change some things have to end it's a little bit like pruning you know I'm not just like you've not been a trapeze artist I've not been a professional botanist
0: (laughs) You do water plants well, though. I, do I will water say the plants. Mm-hmm. you're very um, good you at that. You pick
1: them out, and, and I plant mm-hmm. them and water them. Yes, and so, um, but sometimes I've been told that that you have to prune mm-hmm. what looks like a healthy part of the plant um, so that another part can thrive, and so it's um, it requires us to be proactive sometimes then pruning the idea of pruning then it's whether it's a thing whether it's an activity whether it's a person that we do have to prune some of those things and And, that's great
0: some of its diseased branches Mm. you know if you look at a plant some of it is diseased branches Uh. that we need to cut off but you know scripture alludes so many times to the fruit in our lives well really to produce fruit fruit, we may have to cut off some things that seem healthy and in order to put the energy in that plant yeah. into producing fruit. And that's confusing. But that's hard. Oh, it's so hard. To
1: trim off a, a beautiful uh, flower. Yes. <laughs> so that the rest of the plant can,
0: yes. can grow better, yeah. You know, it's interesting with my clients. I've been hearing a lot lately people going, well, I should do this and this and this, and I should do this, and I don't volunteer at this school, but I just don't have the bandwidth for it. And they say it like that's a negative thing. <clears throat> None of us have the bandwidth for everything. We are limited creatures. We are limited creatures. And we do have to accept that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's hard to accept that we have limits. But I do think we have to look at our lives and say, what is fruitful? Mm -hmm. Is this fruitful for me and for other people around me? Am I doing this out of duty or obligation? Is it possibly toxic You know, we do a lot of things a lot of times out of guilt and obligation, Mm. and I'm not convinced that that's the best for us. Really? Yes. Those are
1: good motivations. (laughs) Guilt and obligation and fear. Those are such good (laughs) motivations for life. (laughs) I,
0: I do think we've talked about this a lot of times, how people have pride in being overly committed. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, we're so busy. We don't have time to do this, and we don't have time to do
1: that. A little mirror badge.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so when we prune things back, we don't look as impressive. <laughs> but that's when the fruit grows. And so we have to make ourselves prune some things back.
1: So part of the um, reason that we believe this is a right and good thing to do uh, is because we do feel like it follows kind of – Three ultimate truths in life. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one is that we're wired for this. I mean, we have, you know, we've got little, six little grandbabies. It's been a little while since we had our own little baby, but Mm -hmm. uh, six little grandbabies. And, and they're all, they were all weaned at the right time, right? From, from mother's milk, milk until eating solid foods. (laughs) This is a natural giving up. That we need to, even though it was good, it's not best for us in our development as as babies. And then we've got one of ours just took off walking. Yes, the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, again they were standing around, walking around the tables and all that kind of stuff, and then just took off. And so
0: and now he walks straight to the pool. Yes, so we yes. have to grab him quickly.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and so, um, but that's another progression ending grade school, Mm -hmm. moving on to middle school, graduating high school, getting married. There was necessary endings. I've got to stop going to grade school when I go to junior high school. (laughs) I've (laughs) got to stop going to high school when I um, go to college. And when I get married, I stop being a single person and living the way a single person lives. And it changes us. And so these are normal progressions of life these are actually healthy the way god designed us and they're and so we're wired for this
0: and so really there's a death that's involved Mm -hmm. and that's hard because death is painful and we've talked before about how we grieve things and it almost feels counterintuitive in some necessary endings Mm -hmm. but it's what we have to have in order to go into our new life so it's kind of like a seed has to die in order for a plant yeah. to come. And it's just too easy to want to hold on to something. But I have seen over the years, I really believe it's true, that if God is moving one person to change or in the relationship, there is growth for the other person as well. Mm-hmm. He loves them too, and so he has good ahead for them. And so we have to remember, God's good, and he is going to work in all of our lives. And I had a somebody telling me the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they said, um, yeah, I haven't gone back to my counselor anymore because it just wasn't working for me. We just didn't fit. We mm. didn't have the right personalities and we mm. just didn't fit. So I haven't gone back and I'm looking for somebody else. And she goes, I feel guilty without the counselor. And I said, you know what? As a counselor for a gazillion years, if it wasn't working for you, it wasn't working for her either. Right, right. She may have tried to keep you there. But she probably was like, oh, good, that person didn't come back because that was a really awkward situation. So recognizing that we think we're going to totally destroy someone, but oftentimes when we make a change, almost always, the, um, it's, if it's a God-given change, I should say, then it's best for the other person as well.
1: Yeah, so it requires a death. Mm-hmm. And the third one is the universe is designed for endings. And so one of the best expressions of this is Ecclesiastes 3. You know, it talks about all these seasons and times for things. It says there's a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance Time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up, give it up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. Time to be silent. Time to speak. Time to love. A time to hate. Time for war and a time for peace. And so all of these, movements in our culture. Um, this is the way the universe works. Um, you know, there's there are times to hate something that's happening in our life that is causing harm. And uh, we don't have to hate the person, <laughs> but we need to hate the dynamic of what's going on there. Um, there's, again, a time to pull people close and there's a time to let go. So, So this necessary endings is really part of how the universe is designed to work.
0: I remember we had a friend that was going through cancer and in her treatment um the next treatment she was going through they said it was going to really almost destroy her immune system mm-hmm. and they had to do that in order to fight the cancer and she said everything within her was like why am i going in when my immune system is going to be killed yeah,
1: kill something and yeah.
0: then the scripture came to her mm-hmm. and it was like okay there is a time to kill there's a time to uproot there's a time to tear down in order to have the full healthy life that we wanna have. And that I think God has intended for us. We tend to think that endings are something that have gone wrong or that are a mistake. But God so often uses endings. I look back at our life and, our, uh, and my life individually, and I see things that at the time were endings and I thought they were so wrong and they were so terrible. And yet now, many years later, looking back, I go, oh, that's what I needed in order to get here. I couldn't have gone forward anymore with that still in my life. So even though I felt like it was forced upon me, it yeah. really was God doing good things in my life.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the ways that we can kind of identify whether we're we got problems in this area (laughs) and whether Mm -hmm. something needs to end is just kind of our stress. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, stress is not all evil. I mean, it requires some stress for us to get out of bed, okay? And yet, in our culture, stress can be so harmful and it's causing so much damage in people's lives. And, And but people accumulate roles in their life that they're not even recognizing. They just, you know, our world is just about adding, 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 adding. If we were to... Most of you aren't watching, but if you right. were watching, I'm holding my hand up here like the, uh, as high as I can. There's an. We all have an upper level of stress. And so if you had a piece of paper and you draw a, a horizontal line, that that would be the upper limit of stress. And underneath that line are all these different lines that go up and down, mm-hmm. a little bit like the stock market, mm-hmm. up and down and up and down, that represent each of the roles in our life. And those stack on top of each other. So, so I'm one of the roles in my life is a husband. Could that take, that's up and down. It takes extra energy some days. It's just smooth sailing the next day and it's just up and down. Um, I'm a parent. Um, That's another role that I have of four children. I'm a grandparent of six children. And again, it goes up, up and down with the stress that that requires. I'm a business owner. We run a practice and and requires to take care of the buildings and handle the finances. And then I'm actually a practitioner, I'm a therapist, Um, and we have a podcast. (laughs) And so I'm a friend, I'm a son, I'm a brother. uh, And all of those stack on top of each other. And, And again, up and down, the stress is up and down. And as those stack, eventually, if we have too many of those, and if some of the peaks on some of those stack on top of each other, it will start moving us above that line, yeah. which is an upper level um, that all of us can handle. Now, it's a little different for every personality, for every person, but if we start peaking above that line, the official technical term is we start unraveling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, I haven't seen that in the diagnostic manual. Well, it's yeah. just, we uh, unravel, okay, we okay? unravel.
1: Now, it is different for everybody. For some, some, they start having panic issues. They get anxiety. For some, it's depressed, and they're just, they hate their life, and they just don't want to do anything, and they're just sunk. For, for some, it's like, I've got too much stress, so I'm going to medicate, you know, self-medicate with some activity over here, mm-hmm. some kind of counterfeit that's just going to help me not feel this stress. And, The only way that we get ourselves below that line is if we've got to look at each of those roles, and if there's one of those that we could eliminate right now, then everything else kind of pancakes down, um, and it gets us below that line. So it might be that I love this, you know, teaching this class at church or at at my work, and... But right, right now, this season of my life is probably not the time to do that. Now, there may be another season I could pick that back up again. Uh, it could be, a again, a obligated relationship that you have where I feel obligated to meet with this person this frequently. And I start, well, maybe I could spread that out. It w- wouldn't <laughs> be quite as often. So it requires that we end something. We've got to stop something to get ourselves back um uh, B- below that line. And so one of the just practical steps I have people do is just start making a list of all the roles, just like I, yeah. s- I said, all those. Mm-hmm. And there's a few that I'm thinking of now that I even forgot. Okay. You know, even though we're, uh, we retired as pastors, you know, a few years ago, we had all those roles and all the different right. things that were involved in that. And yet we still try to help out there. There's mm-hmm. still certain things that we do. Um, we're spiritual directors. And so mm-hmm. we try to meet with a few people, you know, helping them with that. So, but if we can get a clarity on what all of our roles and responsibilities are, then that can get us moving below that line. And it just helps us identify something's got to end here. I can't do all of this. Mm-hmm. I am limited. I can't do all of this. And then uh, a friend of ours, uh, Dave Jewett, who runs an organization called um, Your One Degree. So, the idea is out of 360 degrees, all of us have this one degree that we're kind of designed to be about. And and it's the idea of kind of a unique purpose. And he has this brilliant principle, simple and brilliant. Most brilliant ideas are Are pretty simple. simple. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that there are things in our life that are green lights, there are yellow lights, and there are red lights. Green lights are those things that energize us. I mean, they just light us up. I mean, we would do those things even if we didn't get paid for it. You know, we just, we feel... As we give out, we get something back. Um, then there are yellow lights, which are things that we're, we can do, you know. Um, I My personality works where I can manage our personal finances. I can manage our practice finances. I can do all of that. Uh, I'm skilled to do it. I do a good job at it. It doesn't light me up, mm-hmm. um, but I can do it. It's just kind of a neutral. Yeah. And then there are red lights. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> these are things like I'm sticking forks in my eye. I mean, it's just like I, they're just drain drainers, you know, they just suck life out of us. And the idea is as we get these roles kind of laid out on what we're doing here, um, then we can kind of start looking at, okay, which one of the, what are those? Is that a green light? Is that a yellow light? Is that a red light? Now, uh, if you're going through marital stress, we're not suggesting, oh, well, that's a red light, so I'll just get rid of that. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm not suggesting that. No. Um, but there may be some things that are just obvious that those red lights start glaring, mm-hmm. that this is an obligation, this is a stress, it's toxic. Um, I feel like I've got to make that phone call once a month to this person out of obligation, and yet I just dread it. I I feel stressed two days going, you know, before and afterwards. It's and-
0: when we have that thought, why am I doing
1: this? Yeah, exactly.
0: That's usually a good Good sign.
1: Yeah. So identifying the roles and then looking at green, yellow, and red. Mm -hmm. um, Again, if our marriage feels red right now, then we need to get some help because that is one of the other ways that can get us below that stress line. Yes. Is if if we're one of those roles is peaking too high. Well, if we can get some help with that and learn how to manage that one better, then it's kind of a like rolling hills instead of you know rocky mountain peaks. and that can get us um, below that line. But it's just a a sense of, I, we've got to identify this stuff. <laughs> we've got to recognize what's going on, wake up, pay attention, and what do I need to move towards?
0: Yes. And we need to sometimes get help with that. As we say, oh my gosh, I see this that I need to, or I think I may need to end. Sometimes it's just good to get somebody else to bounce yeah, it off absolutely. and to talk it all through with. You know, I think in ending relationships, we have to stop and not rush into it, as you said, um, but to say, I mean, I'm talking about all relationships, but to, to really stop and go, is there the possibility there could be change here? And if there is, what would that take? Do we, as you said, need to get counseling? Do I need to learn more communication skills? What do I need to do? Or have I hung in here for so long that if I'm here next year, I mean, if if I get to next year, I'll be in the same place, that it's absolutely not going to change. And we also have to look at um, our patterns, the things that we've picked up from childhood. I mean, there's some people that it's very easy to end things and they go, you know, that's dead to me. I'm no longer going to do that. That's over. And if that's you, then you need to stop and say, Is this really something that I should cut off? If you cut off things too easily, is this something I should cut off? Maybe I do need more wisdom from somebody else, or I need to take more time. Because sometimes they could be just running from pain in a situation, like you said, that could go to counseling, that they could work on it, and things could get better. But then there's also some of us that tend to be loyal to a fault, (laughs) And we hang on and we hang on and we hang on in situations that aren't going to change. And we have to accept the fact that we do need to let go of certain things.
1: Yes, we've talked about the scripture that talks about as much as it's up to us, live at peace with all men. Yes. But tell people, as much as it's up to you, Mm -hmm. there are some people in the world that are just not peaceable. And I don't care what you do. It's never going to be peaceable. And so... We can't fix them. We have no control over them. We have to make the, the choice then, yes. sometimes, to end things. And so, this is a big deal. It's not something to do lightly. It's mm-hmm. not something to. It's going to just be quick. There are support groups. There are <laughs> there is counseling. There's all kinds of support in our culture to help make these meaningful, lasting changes. Do them um,
0: carefully and prayerfully. Yes. Don't just go mow your life down. Yes. We have to be selective and say, is this the right thing?
1: Yeah. and know that change can be scary, but Mm -hmm. we trust and believe that God's heart is for all of us to be able to leave, lead a fruitful, vibrant, joyful life. And oftentimes we have to make some decisions that are hard decisions to be able to do that.
0: Yes. I want to end with a story as I often do, but this isn't a personal story. Um, And just as I talked about trapeze artists earlier, this is a great story from Henry Henry Nowen that I love. When the circus came to Freeburg two years ago, my friends, Franz and Rennie, invited me and my father to see the show. I'll never forget how enraptured I became when I first saw the Rodleys move through the air, flying and catching as elegant dancers. The next day, I returned to the circus to see them again and introduced myself to them as one of their greatest fans. They invited me to attend their practice sessions, gave me free tickets, and asked me to dinner, suggested I travel with them for a week in the near future. I did. We became friends. One day, I was sitting with Rodley, the leader of the troupe, in his caravan, talking about flying. He said, as a flyer, I must have complete trust in the catcher. My public may think that I'm the great star of the trapeze, but the real star is Joe, my catcher. Mm. He has to be there for me with split-second precision and grab me out of the air as I come to him in the long jump. How does it work, I ask. The secret, Rodley said, is that the flyer does nothing Mm. and the catcher does everything. When I fly to Joe, I have simply to stretch out my arms and hands and wait for him to catch me, And pull me safely over the apron behind the catch bar. You do nothing? I said surprised. Nothing, Rodley repeated. The worst thing the flyer can do is to try to catch the catcher. I'm not supposed to catch Joe. It's Joe's task to catch me. If I grab Joe's wrist, I might break them or he might break mine. And that would be the end for both of us. A flyer must fly, and a catcher must catch, and the flyer must trust with outstretched arms that his catcher will be there for him. He goes on to say, don't be afraid. Remember that you are the beloved child of God. He will be there when you make your long jump. Don't try to grab him. He'll grab you. Stretch out your arms and hands and trust, trust, trust. Trust the catcher. When we know we need to do something and we make that move, trust that God's going to catch us.
1: Beautiful. What a great story. So there may be something right now, even if you just hear us talk, that it's kind of surfaced, it's bubbled up. Either it's a glaring red light or it's a relationship or situation (laughs) that you know you need to let go of. Um, You're the flyer. Um, You can't just stand on the ground and do nothing right you do have to climb up
0: you've (laughs) got to get on the trapeze grab a
1: hold of the bar (laughs) you gotta swing (laughs) and proactively and you gotta let go yeah um trust that god is there to catch you so today um enjoy being with you go in peace blessings as you go
0: The Life and Love Nuggets podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit and is supported by gifts from people like you. To donate, go to lifeandlovenuggets.com/donate. This podcast is produced by Clayton Creative in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The content should not be considered or used for counseling, but for educational purposes only.